Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Yes Mother, a podcast covering the A&E series Bates Motel. Tonight we're going to be covering the season two finale called The Immutable Truth. I'm Sue. And I'm Em. studios <laughs> at the uh the Bates Motel yeah kind of sad that season two is over but so excited to talk about the episode <laughs> oh it was so good I loved it so much what yeah. an hour of television you know I thought what was unique about this episode is it was like everybody's episode like I go man this is Romero's episode and then I go this episode totally belongs to Norma, you know, and like, mm-hmm. this is Dylan's episode. This is Dylan's episode. Yeah. It, it was everybody. Everyone had awesome. You could just, I don't know how often that happens. That you can just be like, do that to so many different characters. Freddie Highmore. This was Freddie's episode. It just, it, man. it was so fantastic all around. I just, it was so beautifully done. I just, so the first time I watched it, I was, just watching it and amazed and kind of at the very end, I was like, what? There's not a cliffhanger, you know? Yeah. So to say, but then I was like, wait a second. When did they get renewed for a third season? Was it after this one was, cause this almost seemed like a series wrap up. Oh, this totally could have been. Yeah. I agree. You know what I mean? It could have served as one. Like if it ended, I think, I, I think we would have all been like, oh, I'm so sad there's not going to be more. But it almost seems like they were anticipating that this was going to be the last one or something. I mean, was there was there some sort of problem about getting the season three? Did you read about anything? Or? No, and it didn't seem like that was the case. I remember in that um, DVD thing on season one, how Carlton Cuse said that the way season two goes is going to set the pace and it's going to let us know how many seasons we're going to be able to do. He said something like that. Right. Huh. But I don't remember it being scary that they wouldn't get another one. And it seemed, I don't know, halfway through showing that it, they made it. I don't know. It just seems so wrap up to me, but so that just makes me go, I, I've honestly got like no idea where season three is going to go, except, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but except that like the whole Norman Norma dynamic is way different. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I think we're going to be in for a lot of fun. <laughs> I do too. Um, I don't know if this is the place to do it, but I have my hopes. <laughs> <laughs> and my hopes is Norman in a dress next season. Uh, I want enormous dresses. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. That'd be awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. I hope so. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That's my big wish for season three. That would be so awesome. <laughs> so, anyway, before we get into this, we should, um, we got some comic cards. Yeah, and I'm just going to, let's just let everybody know that we have been discussing it, and we didn't watch anything too exciting, neither of us did, and we just thought, you know, if there was ever a time to just skip what we've been watching for this week, it'd be this time, so we can just devote our time and energy and attention to the season finale and yep. we will maybe hopefully watch something interesting and then have maybe a little longer than normal one next week. Yep. That's what, so, so yeah, know what we've been watching. We want to, I've been wanting to talk about this finale since Monday night. <laughs> yeah. So we just want to devote all of our time and attention and my editing skills to this. And, yep. And it's already Wednesday night, which is a little later than we usually record anyway yeah so we're gonna go straight into comments so you know don't expect uh what we've been watching this week right right i didn't watch anything new <laughs> and i hardly watched anything at all i had one of the busiest weekends i've had in a long time oh. just non-stop doing stuff so you know just had that energy the weather was nice it was like now nah, i'm gonna do this yeah. I've been wanting to do this. I've been wanting to clean out this. I've been, you know. <laughs> yeah. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So we could almost do a what What have I been listening to? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Okay. So, we're going to comment cards. Yep. First one we got was from Harold. Um, coming at us from room one. Um, okay. So, he says, did you two move? Okay. Did you two move Carrie because some random guy just checked into room number nine? <laughs> yes, we noticed. And so did Carrie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this week in What I Learned from Bates Motel, that, one, if Romero tells you to stay put, you should stay put. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When did that come into play? When it's he and Dylan in 90210. Like oh. It, and she didn't stay waiting. put. They're waiting for Zane. She didn't stay put. No. <laughs> gotcha. Two, pot roast will give you strength. <laughs> what? The bib was up with the pot roast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Three, if they ever do a musical episode of Baseball Tell, Romero's number should be entitled. <laughs> this is what the story is going to be. <laughs> I noticed that too. He did the exact same thing as he did in that episode after Shelby was shot. Oh, that's so funny. Um, is it going to be a, a retro pastiche or <laughs> or a breakaway pop hit? <laughs> Buffy fans will get that. <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. That is funny. I I just started laughing when I when he started doing that. He's like, 
I got a tip from someone in <laughs> Nick Ford's dad. <laughs> oh my gosh, Deja Vu. <laughs> yep. Oh, I'd love that. A musical episode. Joss Whedon would have to write it. That would be amazing. And that would be Romero's number. Good call. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Okay. Although this was a good finale, it underscored some of the problems with this season. Both Zane and Jody felt like characters. Who's Jody? 90210? Oh, yeah, Yeah. probably. Okay. Felt like characters whose only purpose was to give Dylan some C-plot suspense storylines and a reason for him to move up in the organization at the end of the season. Zane was a cartoon and Jody felt underdeveloped. At least Nick Ford felt like a worthy adversary and he died without revealing why he didn't want the bypass. Yeah, that's annoying. It's really annoying. And I agree about 90210. After she was killed, I was like, so why was she even in the show at all? What did she actually do? Yeah, because it seemed like it was like this big reveal that, oh, she's the lead of the family, you know? Exactly. I mean, Romero, or Remo even said in season one, it's like, you know, I work for your boss. Dylan's like, who's that? And he's like, you'll know when you need to know. (laughs) Right. And it's like, she... Very underwhelming. (laughs) Very underwhelming. Zane, on the other hand had a little bit more purpose he just had to be the crazy cartoon yeah that just this whole situation out of control but i I can see how they were a weakness for the season totally that yeah i i agree her especially i was like you know they could have done without her altogether and i don't think it would have changed much about it at all (laughs) no and you know they slept together, and Dylan, you know, just didn't seem to affect him. It, no. It was like, was that? That whole sleeping together, that had absolutely no yeah. effect on anything. Because Zane didn't even seem to care. I mean, yeah. She seriously was just an unneeded character in my eyes. But Agreed. What? At least she wasn't in it a lot, so we didn't waste a lot of time on her. So that we're not like, what right. the bip? That's true. You know? I don't. I don't feel like really mad. <laughs> no, no, I'm not it's mad not about a it. Sore I'm just, point to me. No, it's not really. It's just more like a. It's just hmm. too bad because you guys do really well, the writers, you know, and. Right. Yeah, she just. They did see. very well this season, I thought, and. Oh that yeah. Could have gone better. Oh well. Yeah. Okay. I also feel like Christine and George were only on the show to give a sense of the life Norma could have had if she wasn't so crazy about Norman. Like Zane and Jody, they weren't developed as full-dimensional characters. They barely knew Norma, yet immediately went gaga over her. That kind of made sense when we thought that they were part of Nick Ford's scheme to stop the bypass. One rant later, they are all they are all for the bypass. Wait. Does he mean... Norma's rant, and they were not for the bypass? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Um, so if they never cared about it in the first... Yeah, I think he did mean. They're all over the bypass. So if they never cared about it in the first place, what explains their eagerness to not only spend time with Norma, but to push her for a council seat? It couldn't be her singing or Grand Canyon joke, could it? Was Nick Ford... 
blackmailing them. We never saw even a hint of that. Okay, here I I gotta say, Harold, I think I've met people just like Christine and George. Or like let's say Christine. She is social and she meets this woman. She kind of blew her away at the audition. She thought she was interesting. And I just know women like this. They just they become projects. Christine yes. just wanted a project. A and project, yes. She's like, Norma Bates is the coolest. Oh, she can marry George. And she's beautiful and she's funny and she's, you know, she's interesting. So I bought that hook, line, and sinker, Christine and George. I think they – I know people like that. <laughs> there are people like that. Yes, I agree. Yes. I think she just saw Norman was like, yep. You know, she's going to marry my brother. She's awesome. You know, she's kind of just, she's in that little society of that town, and she thought Norma would fit in. And she just immediately liked her, and yeah. Well, it just seems like such a small, closed-off society that there's probably uh-huh. not a lot of newcomers. So you got someone like Norma Bates, who you is get excited. very pretty and probably has some potential in your eyes. So it could be the singing and the Grand Canyon joke. Yes, it could. It really could. It really could. But... I have a feeling that we're, I don't think we've seen the last of them. I'd be surprised if we don't see him next season. Yeah, I I think there's going to be more next season with Christina, with Christina and George. Yeah. I I hope so. George, though, there's no way he could ever be any sort of romantic interest again, though. What a weenie. No doubt. Yeah. But, yep. Okay. So that's my opinion. Um, yeah. I think that that was true to life. (laughs) 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 Um, okay. Did Norma actually think that Canada wouldn't extradite Norman back to the U S for a murder charge? I didn't think of that, but Harold the lawyer probably would. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I'm sure she used our names. and She might have not. I don't know what she would have thought Romero would do. She probably would think he'd pursue it if they left. She she wasn't thinking. She really wasn't. She was was panicking hardcore. It was a a panicky decision, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sure they would have done that. (laughs) Um, I have to give credit to Norman for best suicide note taxidermy ever. (laughs) Oh. Were those lovebirds. Oh. That just made me so sad. (laughs) We can talk about it when we talk about that scene. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe it was a sparrow, his taxidermy bird. I think so, yeah. And his my what the blip. He called it a blip again. I guess he's doing that on purpose. <laughs> Girl gets blips, we get bits. <laughs> Goes to that kiss. You know which one. Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazingly creepy. It was amazingly inappropriate. Oh, man. I love this episode so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the first time I watched it, 
the kids weren't in bed yet, and I wanted to watch it live on my iPad, and there was just, I don't know. It's it was it got hit by that syndrome. The second mom is concentrating and doing something. The whole world needs her. Right. <laughs> and I'm the most interesting person on the planet. <laughs> anyway, so I was really distracted the first time, at least the first half, and then I just finally gave up and watched it while it was recording. I really wanted to watch it live because I wanted to go on Twitter and things. And mm-hmm. anyway. So, everyone left the room, and <laughs> I watched it. You should have just normed on him and been like, get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Scout. Scout would have been, like, hidden under her bed for a week. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the second time, I was all alone this morning, and, oh, I just enjoyed it so much. <laughs> Mama's watching her stories. <laughs> no, I watched it live, because you cued me in. You texted me. You were like, I think you can watch this in real time. <laughs> yeah, I was. Because I thought I felt bad for you. I didn't know you'd stay up till midnight. I thought you'd just watch it in the morning or something. And I just thought, I bet she wants to watch it now. <laughs> no, I was all planning. I'm like, I don't have to be to work till like 8.30. So mm-hmm. I can stay up till midnight, watch it, sleep for six hours. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> Get my clothes ready for the next morning. But um, yeah, when you were like, I think you can just watch it live. I was like, oh my gosh. And I did, I was making dinner at the same time. So I had like the laptop on the kitchen counter and Mm -hmm. I was like watching it, making dinner and watching it and burning stuff and watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I totally did that once. I, um, (laughs) Dave, oh, I forgot his name. Starts with an M. He does, um, DMV podcast empire. He does the walking dead podcast and Mm -hmm. he like Facebooked me like an hour before they were going to record an episode of for their Walking Dead one. And he's like, do you want a guest? And I'm like, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> so I like have my iPad in my hand and cooking dinner trying to like watch the episode <laughs> so I can be a guest for him. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I've been there. Okay. And then I watched it right after... And then a third time yesterday. So, because I love it so much. Oh, did you? Because they played it again after the thing. So you watched it. Yeah, I watched it while I was cooking dinner. And then while I was, while we were eating dinner was when the after show thing was on. Mm -hmm. And then. I was going to watch the after show again, darn it. And then, yeah, Cam went to bed and dinner was done and eating was done and things were done. So I just sat there and watched it live a second time and then watched it again yesterday. So cool. And took the notes. So yeah. All right. Well, you want to read Carrie's? Yeah. So, uh, Harold's is done. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Carrie, 
says, hello, Sue M and fellow motel guests. The woman in room nine is back finally. Lots of changes for me so far this year. I got divorced and moved to Kansas. Uh, no regrets and looking forward to a new and happier future. Well, congratulations, Carrie, I guess is in order. Um, yeah. Good luck on your new life. We'll, uh, we can uh, send cu Cupcake Boy over. I think he's free now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He kind of disappeared. He sure disappeared. Did you move to Kansas with him, Carrie? <laughs> Carrie? Mess <laughs> <Best> up. <laughs> but no, congratulations if that's... I don't know. I've been divorced and it was congratulations to me. So. <laughs> yeah. You never know, but it sounds uh, yeah. good. Sounds good. She still has her sense of humor, that's for sure. She says new and happier future, so congratulations and we wish you the best. Absolutely. She says, so I know I said this second... The second base motel season was getting a little boring, but wow, it picked up the pace. I loved the last few episodes. So many characters were getting the axe. I thought I was watching Game of Thrones. I've come to expect it from that show, but they surprised me with this Bates Motel finale. Although I'm still waiting for George to drop, but there's always next season. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> <laughs> drop is in, drop dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking so, yes. Uh, we lost Nick Ford, and just when I was starting to like him a bit, I was looking forward to more scenes between he and Norma. Did we make up a nickname for Nick? Sue, I know you were pretty busy with the motel room spreadsheet. <laughs> Did we get you to make up a handle for Nick Ford? You cracked me up with the spreadsheet info, lol. <laughs> I think I liked Nick Fordiness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think God. it's a little late. I don't think I we know. ever came up with anything. And we never it's did. A little late now. Yeah. I can't really, yeah, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. But Sue did coin the phrase Nick Fortiness. I did. <laughs> I sure did. And speaking of spreadsheets, I have made a spreadsheet for the contest. <laughs> oh, good. Because I was going to work on that, but I wanted to get a big it's meeting a, over with on Tuesday. <laughs> It's a spreadsheet with lots of worksheets in it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. I'll show you sometime. <laughs> 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 it's easy to read, though. Um, she says it was shocking to see Dylan kill another person, even though it was self-defense. Is the junkie from season one the only other person Dylan has killed? I think so. Um, she says, I know Dylan, Norma, and Norma. Wait, he killed Shelby. Oh, that's right. He did. I I guess he, he shot him. Well, he shot him in the house, and then he walked out, and then he died, right? Yeah, but he died of a wound that Dylan Yes, so gave yeah, him. he killed so Shelby. He did kill Shelby. So the junkie's like the only one that he actually... Well, no, because Nick Ford... I would call Shelby self-defense. Well, Nick Ford was self-defense. Totally well. self-defense. Yep. Dylan so, was toast. The junkie is the only one that I would say would maybe be considered murder. Yeah, but yep. he did kill people. He's killed three people. He's murdered people. one. <laughs> right. Semantics. <laughs> <laughs> I know Dylan, Norma, and Norman all have at least one murder each. 
and Norman may be in the lead with three. We will have to tally those numbers during the season break, eh? Spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll come up with a spreadsheet with some murder statistics. <laughs> Romero deserves a spot on the spreadsheet as well. <laughs> we also lost our dearly beloved Bleachy Von Leatherbridges. Yay! <laughs> I thought it was great that Romero was the one to use the shotgun on him. Oh, oh, it was fantastic. I had to high-five my cat because I was watching it by myself and it deserved a high-five. <laughs> that moment definitely deserved a cat high-five. Definitely. I agree. She says, no more over-the-top characters, please. Do you think he was there for comic relief? Even when he was just trying to be tough, it came across as hilarious because of the hair and britches. <laughs> oh, well. Main thing is he won't be back for season three. Oh, yeah. When he was trying to be tough, he looked ridiculous. Agreed. I, I think they purposely did that. I really do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I think they really did make him an over-the-top, just ugly, nothing at all was like, he had not one redeeming thing about him. Usually the bad guys there's at least something redeeming about him, you know. Zane? No. The actor is quite funny on Twitter. <laughs> oh, is he? Mhm. I haven't checked that out. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary says and we lost our 90210 girl. She is the biggest what the bip character ever. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea why they had to kill her off. She was supposed to be the queen of a weed empire, and she was like old, old McDonald, the weed farmer, with a crap load of hair extension. <laughs> I mean, really, let's sing it. Oh, Carrie. Seriously. <laughs> old McDonald had a farm. And, and on, on that, that farm, farm, she has she has some weed. Nine oh two one oh, with a puff up here and a puff up there, here a puff there a puff. Dot dot dot. Oh, Carrie, <laughs> it works. <laughs> it really does. Um, also, I know her, she, the queen of the weed empire. I mean. She was killed off because Dylan's going to be the king. I guess so. I mean, yeah. I They had to make him the king somehow if that's the way they're going. You know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but it seemed like Romero could have worked with her. Yeah, I think she and Dylan could have worked together. Oh, yeah. But it just, you know, Dylan seems all, or Romero seems all fired up for Dylan to be the guy, but it's like you know, Romero could have worked with her. I think so. I she mean, was cool head. I mean, but Zane came with her, I guess. Yeah, but they could have just killed Zane. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they had to kill her off. And when they killed her off, I was just like, so why was she on there at all? Yeah. Because she really just didn't seem to serve any any purpose at all to me at all. I don't, I don't get it, hmm. but any purpose at all to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, <laughs> that's Can I how, quote you on that? Yes. <laughs> Cause she just, 
that's how unpurposeness she was. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't expect her to be killed. But anyway, we can talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, Carrie says, also, we lost Lee the Dick Berman. Enough said, I guess. <laughs> yep. Yes, he was in our hearts. <laughs> for <laughs> and then she says, Christine is Duchess, nudie, a rich bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I yes. can't believe George went running to Sissy because the mean blonde lady used him like a hunk of pot roast. Pot roast? I <laughs> I mean, really, George needs to grow some beans and man up. You know, I so agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I was. I actually, could not believe he had told his sister. I I could neither. When, when it had been saying, like a few hours. Yeah, exactly. It was like the next day or something. I mean, I, I just when Christine like quoted all those things that. Norma had said to George, I was like, how does Christine know any of this? <laughs> and I was like, he told her? I know. I was like, holy crap, you. Yeah. Sissy is a good. No, she didn't call him a sissy. But no. yeah, he needs to grow some beans. <laughs> Christine is George's sissy. I know. I just. So, yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. <laughs> what a little wimpy wimpy guy yeah <laughs> it total just the way Christine acted it was like he had totally run to her oh guess what <laughs> the mean old blonde lady <laughs> <laughs> I know I know what a little pussy yeah so alright uh, she says, the best scene, of course, was the lie detector test. It's amazing the way they have constructed Norma and Norman's relationship, almost melting them into one character, having her show up to protect him and give him confidence, even give him a way out of confessing to a crime. Amazing writers and directing. I also love the dancing scene. It was so sad because we knew why Norman was doing it, and I was tearing up. What a beautiful shot scene. I agree. Oh, so sweet. Oh, so sweet. You skipped one sentence, though, she said, and of course, a money shot at the end. Classic psycho. Did you read that? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, yes. And of course, a money shot at the end. I, I saw three nods to psycho in this episode. <sighs> that was one of them. Yeah, I noticed one. I wonder if I noticed the other one. Yep, I've got three. We'll save those. Yep. She says, I love this series so much I could give it a mouth kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of kisses, that was not a mother-son kiss. If I saw my mom kiss my brother on the lips that long, I would wonder what the bip that was all about. <laughs> I did like the scene, though, and I was so afraid that Norman would shoot himself or Norma. He had that gun drawn on her, maybe because there is such a thin line between them. And Norman said if he died, so would she, and I believe it. If she found him dead, she would kill herself, and I guess that's why it leads to where we all know it's going. Norman becomes Norma to keep her alive in his mind. 
Yeah, that was. That was intense. Very intense. Uh, she says, I haven't seen all of the Bates Motel after hours, but I'm so glad they have a new host. The woman that hosted the first one was awful. I like Max's beard. Hmm. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it covers his baby face, which I also like. I like the gag reel from season two. Very funny. Yep. So they, I think they only did the two. They did one for the premiere and they did one. And yes, I agree. That woman host was the worst. See, and I never watched the first one. So this one's the only one I watched. Yeah. They, I believe those were the only two they did. And yeah, it was, she was awful. And Max's beard, I wouldn't pick it at all, but I don't know. It's kind of a moot point because it's for a role. It's just kind of like, well, it's for a role. <laughs> yeah. We just can't really have an opinion on it. <laughs> if he was just doing it to be, I don't know, grizzly man, I'd yeah. be like, shave that thing. Yeah, I did say, I, I don't know, I texted Emily something about it. I was like, because we didn't want to talk about the episode. Right. <laughs> until we did this. But I was like, so what about his beard? <laughs> or something. I, like, I want to talk about something. Yeah. Um, I'm really not a mustache person. Mustaches are the worst. Oh, mustaches <laughs> on their own are horrible beards done right i don't mind so much they're fine yeah i prefer a little i i'd prefer clean shaven on most men i prefer clean shaven yeah a little five o'clock shadow never hurt anybody i hate the soul patch i'll put it out there i hate, <laughs> hate, hate the soul patch and some, my husband knows it, and sometimes, because my, my husband Cam is, he shaves his head, too, because he's a balding guy, so he realized no sense in trying to cover that up. Just shave it. <laughs> but once in a while, when he shaves, he'll leave, like, a little soul patch on his chin just to make me mad, and he'll see how long it takes me to notice it. <laughs> there are legendary stories about Rob... He does it with a mustache, though. Does he? To me, yeah. He chases me around the house and makes me kiss him. That's what Cam does with his soul patch. <laughs> and sometimes it'll be like <laughs> French type, or sometimes it'll be like really bushy. <laughs> Cam's never done it with a mustache, but there have been times that, like, with the soul patch. Hello? Hey. Hey. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Is it a, like a Windows restart? Yes. Oh, I've had that. It, like, usually they give you the forever. option. Yeah. Usually it gives you the option to like remind me later. Right. This time I didn't get the option. All of a sudden I got this little message. It's like, we're restarting in like nine seconds. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I didn't get the option to say no. <laughs> That's funny. Then it took forever. Jeez. Okay. I mean, I had to 
put my password back in to Skype. I was like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I hope it's this. <laughs> okay, where were we? Last, we were talking about our our husband's facial hair. <laughs> right. <laughs> we can probably let that conversation go. <laughs> so, okay. So I will. I will finish up Carrie's email. Okay. Um, so then Carrie says, thank you again, ladies, for this podcast. It's been a blast, and I hope the Facebook group continues to grow, and we can chat about other topics until season three airs. I'm going to get caught up on your other podcast of what you all have been watching now that summer is almost here, and there is much less TV to watch. I love the story of your Twilight Theater experience. <laughs> You only heard about the generator. We have more stories. <laughs> she says, OMG, I laughed so hard. I could just picture that generator going off where Edward is brooding on screen. <laughs> we haven't told you about the sun chips. <laughs> well, it was a man or a woman. We don't know. But... Um... He was eating what, after a lengthy conversation back at home, what he possibly could have been eating, and we finally settled on a bag of sun chips. Where each chip was individually wrapped. Yes. <laughs> Anyone's had a, you know what? Sun chips has uh, calmed their bag down a little bit. They, <laughs> they seem to understand they had very loud bags. <laughs> and someone in that theater behind us. Was opening that bag for, I don't know, 15 minutes? <laughs> it was non. It was the non-stop rapper noise. Non-stop. You know, usually it's like, okay, dig your hand in, get a couple M&Ms, and then there's a little break while you eat your M&Ms. This was the whole time. <laughs> it was so loud. Oh, my God. And it went on forever. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yep. That was just another little awesomeness of that movie. So. <laughs> but she says, I've enjoyed my stay in room nine and make sure that strange man doesn't try to steal my room where we've got your back. <laughs> yeah, you know, that girl quit. That's true. So, you know, we, we're deciding what to do with her. She might stay. <laughs> <laughs> But she says, you would think you would have seen the plaque on the door. The woman in room nine. Hello. Yes. <laughs> not a man anymore. And that guy, he can just take his cardigan sweater somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and she says, until next time, chill your own ass and watch out for motorboats. <laughs> P.S. Harold, I got that wool haul. <laughs> that wall hole putty filler you asked about. <laughs> we will get that people taken care of ASAP. No charge for it. I got it from a friend I work with in theater tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cover up that people, Harold. We'll just start another one. <laughs> then you won't know where that one is. <laughs> That's right. She says, BSS, I'm looking for a Buffy rewatch podcast. Can you let me know if any new ones starting up soon? I'm a diehard Buffy fan. Thanks. I did not know this about Carrie. Yay! Okay, so do you want to read Amanda's? Well, thanks, Carrie, for the 
for the comic card and yeah we just had a really long buffy (laughs) podcast (laughs) talk and intro cast in general which is probably going to be cut out and put somewhere else (laughs) so you haven't listened to it yet (laughs) yep but thanks for the comic card carrie and and maybe look for that at the end of the show well i hope your new life in kansas is working out for you yeah we're excited for you yep where were you before? Can no Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas City Missouri. Missouri. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, we got a we got one from Amanda Blankenship, which we've had before, correct? Yeah. We've heard from her. Yeah. She this has a room. Where? Sue, get out your spreadsheet. Where is she? She is in. Amanda is in room six. Yes. <laughs> okay. So comment card from room six. Um, Emily and Sue, thank you for a great podcast season. I look forward to listening to many more of your podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Um, here are some of the things and stuff that I loved in the season finale. <laughs> things and stuff was in quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the show starts off with Dylan running by the road looking like a blonde Bigfoot. Very much. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm so glad that he told Romero the truth. Boy, he just spilled it right out, didn't he? <laughs> I love that he did that. I love Me that too. he did that. Yeah. Um, when they got to the pot camp, it was it was one time when yelling someone's name actually worked. Yep. Oh, yeah. Norman's, huh? Mm-hmm. I was so afraid that Norman's voice would be too tired for Dylan and Romero to hear, but he came up with some energy. He sure did. I thought the same thing because it I took him a too. while to yell back, and I'm like, it's going to be this little Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. But yeah, he belted it out. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you think Norman was looking for something of Norma's to wear instead of trying to find her gun? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It might have gone through his mind. (laughs) I didn't even think that. But at first I was like, why does he have all these women's sweaters in his dresser? I didn't realize he was in his mom's room. (laughs) You're like, what's going on here? (laughs) Then I was like, oh, wait, that's Norma's room. Um. It was fun to see Norman acting like a normal person when he was speaking to Emma. Too bad that was only because he was at peace because he decided to kill himself. Yeah, he they did have a cute moment there. It was. Yeah. He hasn't been normal for a while. Mm-mm. Things will probably slow... I'm guessing things will slow down in the break. I wonder when they're going to pick back up. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was totally fooled by the Jody Bleachy Von Leather Pants Bridges phone call. I actually thought she had turned on Dylan. So did I. Same. I was like, what is this? I know. Because it took him, it it was a few seconds before they like moved the camera and showed Dylan there. Because I was like, that bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> they, yeah, they had me hook, line, and sinker. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Good, well done show. 
Bravo. You got me. <laughs> uh, which is hard to do. You usually see through yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, they totally, yeah. I totally thought that, yeah. So I was so happy to see Dylan standing there. But she sure wasn't well fleshed out, so how could we know what she was doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved the first part of Norma and Norman's dance with the spin. It's very cute. The whole thing, very cute. It was. Not too creepy. It could have been creepier. Um, <laughs> it, it had some creepiness to it, but it, it, it could have it could have been creepier. It mostly was kind of sweet to me. I, I found a little creepiness to it. Um, Romero was totally unafraid of Zane when any sane person would have taken Dylan and Jody as backup. I know. Romero was the oh. man. He is just Batman. He is so amazing. <laughs> The way he's like, you two stay here, stay here. You know, just like goes down by himself. Oh. Yeah, he was. He, oh, he had a good episode. He's, he's the best. <laughs> and he favorited one of my tweets this week. Yes, he just did. To say. <laughs> Made my day. Um. Okay. Okay, Norma almost get hit by a car like Juno the dog. I am about where he did, too. Yeah. I'm so glad she was not wearing her signature heels so she could catch Norman. She was wearing heel boots. Yeah, she was wearing her <laughs> signature heel boots. But, yeah, she does. She just, like, she doesn't even look. She just runs. Yeah, she did. <laughs> it's true. That is a mama worried about her kid. Yep. Um, speaking of fashion, wasn't it funny that Norman wore a sport coat to the polygraph? He always dresses so formally like Norman. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciated that, too. He's he's such an old man. <laughs> I know. I love it so much. <laughs> he really is. He just reminds me of an old man sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know. Just always, just always dressed up, you know. And it was weird to me, just to go off on a little tangent in the in the scene with he and Emma in his bedroom when he tells her about Dylan. He's wearing like sweats and a t-shirt, and I was like, "That's really weird that he's wearing that." Because <laughs> he's always that should have been on his list. Wear something casual for <laughs> comfy clothes for once. <laughs> I didn't die today. Because <laughs> he just always is wearing like button-up shirts and yeah. I mean, when when have you ever seen Norman in like jeans and a t-shirt? You know. Yeah, a lot of sweaters. I wouldn't. I bet if we went back, we could see it. maybe when they were hiking and stuff. I don't know. I think I he was still wearing like khakis and a button-up. Huh. Remember his um his little old man shirt in the <laughs> in the shorts? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Loved that. Um, okay. Um, I think you guys were the ones who thought that the money he used for Bradley was stolen from Blair Watson. Now we know that Norman 
did steal money from his polygraph answer. Do you think that the stolen money will be an issue next season or just be a nest egg that will fuel his criminal escapades? Really disappointed in the show for not talking about that money. Same. And not showing it. I thought he would... When he was looking for something when Emma was coming, I thought he was going to do something with the money. Oh, and I, when he was looking for the gun in Normus, I did think it was his drawer, and I thought it was the money, and then I'm like, oh. Same. <laughs> Same. That's the first thing I thought. I thought, oh, he's going for the money, and then I was like, wait, those are women's sweaters. I was like, he's got women's sweaters? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I... Because he did admit in the polygraph that he has stolen money. Yeah, so that's the only thing that gives me hope, that they're not going to just totally drop the money. It couldn't the, have just been like a... It couldn't have just been um, like convenient for getting Bradley out of town, could it? No, no, because they could have written that like Norman stole money out of the safe in the motel or something. Or Norma is the or, type of boy that I could picture having a nice little savings account, you know? I can Very see, responsible that he would have something like that. Yeah, but given her. that was such a huge wad of cash, though. Yeah. They, that gives me hope that and, it was in the polygraph. It's, they've got to bring it back. I don't know why they're waiting a whole season or whatever, but... Right. Well, because I thought about that, too. I was like, okay, so maybe he mowed some lawns and, you know, saved up some money. But they also did that scene where it took him a long time to find the money. Like, Well, no. That, obvious, that money was obviously not lawn mowing money like the money I was talking about. Like, he could have gone to his bank account and oh, gotten money oh, for I Bradley. Because gotcha. I, I gotcha. just picture Norman as the kind of guy that would have a nice little nest egg, you know? Right, right. Okay. Just very responsible. Yeah. Them's, them asking the specific question about have you ever stolen money, that leads me to believe that that's going to be in season three. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. It's crazy that it didn't get wrapped up or even... Show. I mean, he was gonna he was gonna die. So did he like leave with cash wadded up in his room? Is that what he was planning? <laughs> That's another thing. It's like why wasn't there like he set up like a trust fund for I don't know Emma or something. You know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're uh, we don't know what to think about it nope. it, it better pay off <laughs> it better or I'll be really pissed <laughs> that'll just be lame lazy dumb writing I guess we'll see okay yep. um, now for the Bates Motel withdrawal symptoms to start I just found out that Carlton Cuse will be executive producer, showrunner, and writer for the new series on FX called The Strain. I'm not sure when it come, when it starts, except that it'll be this summer. I hope it will be something like The Walking Dead, but with vampires. Can't wait to find out. Is it is it a vampire show? I've never even heard of this. I've never of heard this. of this. No, The Strain. That wasn't that book we read, was it? No, The Passage. That was The Passage. That would make a cool series. That would make a cool series. I wonder if maybe this is based on... Because The Passage, people, if you haven't read The Passage, read it. Yeah, read The Passage. Um, 
Well, I don't yeah. know why the strain and vampires makes me think of the passage. Because they're kind of vampire type people, and there's. A... I know they are. I just wondered if strain was used. Well, it was like a strain because they're not. They're not like your mythical vampires. Yeah, it was. It was a lot more like a disease. It was, it was a disease. Yeah. Kind of like the like twenty eight days later, you know that's that's not a zombie movie. Right. It's a you know, <laughs> it's an epidemic or whatever they call it. You know, a yeah. virus. You know, huh? I didn't know I the Carlton Cuse. Does this mean that Carlton Cuse isn't going to be working on on Bates Motel? think that's necessarily true i mean there's only 10 episodes and maybe this is the same and they're kind of running total opposite ends of the um yeah but this is on fx and it's motels on a and e can he work for two different networks i don't know isn't there like contracts and stuff maybe i haven't heard anything about him leaving the show yeah, I think we would have. I think we would have heard or something. So maybe when you're someone like Carlton Cuse, maybe you're like a freelancer. Yeah, maybe you can be like, mm, I'm doing this. Yep. <laughs> yeah, freelancing <laughs> like, kind of stuff. Yeah. Huh. Well, cool. I I will definitely check that out. Thanks for the heads up. Never heard of that. I love vampire stuff, so I will definitely. Yep. Yeah. I'm all about the vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. All right. Uh, says thanks for everything, and I look forward to hearing another Sue and M podcast soon. Well, they're coming. We're gonna keep them coming. I'm. We've talked about it, but during the break, which is a very long break, like most of a year, <laughs> we are definitely not promising every week. But no, probably won't be every week. But and it's quite fortunate that we started the what we've been watching because we've got something to do. <laughs> At least. <laughs> we'll do some of those. We'll do at least every two weeks. We won't We won't let it go longer than every two weeks. Yeah. And if we can do, like, if there's something that happens and we want to do one every week, we will. But we can't promise anything. But we certainly won't, like, we won't let more than two weeks go. I would say that. We can easily do that. Yeah. No, we can do that. And we'll talk more about what we're planning on doing when we do, because in a week or so, we're going to do a wrap-up of Season 2, similar to our wrap-up of Season 1. Yep. Where we do a top five. And again, I just want to ask our listeners, our guests, to send in your top fives of Season 2. Let's make it a... Yeah, yeah, you know, we don't charge you a lot for staying in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, send us your top fives, your top five favorite things of season two. It can be a character, it can be a theme, it can be a scene, it can be yeah, anything, after. anything you want it to be. So, send it to us and we'll talk about it. And we'll probably do that in about a week or so. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. That is it for feedback. And I think we're breaking a record of how long it's taking us to actually get into the episode. I know. And that's a hard record to break. It is. 
<laughs> well, I had that stupid computer thing happen, right. so that took some time. But all right, should we get into the finale then? <laughs> Let's do. So we um, we start the show off with Norman's little box of rain. Yeah. And it was a box of rain. It was a box of rain. Did everybody get the uh, song? (laughs) (laughs) We had to to use a Grateful Dead song somehow. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, after I had uh, sent in the thing, I thought of that James song. And it was so perfect. We had a Norman song, and then that song was so perfect for Norma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Anyway, that was my Norman song, Norma song. So we had a Norman and we had a Norma. And... That's fitting. Yeah. Yep, so Norman's in his box of rain. Just saying, help me. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. <laughs> yeah, was, his little spirit was broken. Oh, man. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. And then Romero's driving, and you see Dylan just like running, like Bigfoot. Amanda <laughs> say, like a white Bigfoot. <laughs> and did anyone remember my prediction? That Norman, or no, that Dylan and Romero were going to get together and team up and kill Zane. Team up and kill Zane, and I think he even said rescue Norman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> so early on, one of my yep. predictions came true. Yeah, but I did like how, you know, the first thing that Dylan says is, I I just killed Nick Ford. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I don't know, I wouldn't have gone about telling the sheriff that way. I think I would have had a lot of, it was a total accident, I didn't mean to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) He had none of that. He just told him how it was. And I think that's what, I think that's what Romero likes about Dylan. Yeah. It's just his... Dylan's kind of like Romero. He just tells the house how it is. I, I killed Nick Ford. He so. does. And yes, he breaks the law, but he has a good moral compass. And Romero sees that. Yep. Like Romero. Yep, exactly. Yep. You know, we're willing to bend the law quite a bit. But, you know, we have our we we have our moral high ground. Yep. And then they go to Nick's house together. And I like how Romero tells Dylan, he's like, you're staying out here. And Dylan's like, but I want to, Romero's like, you are following instructions. You are staying out here. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, is that clear? And Dylan's like, yeah, it's clear. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Romero's like looking around Nick's house, finally founds Nick. Then he hears a noise and goes upstairs and his security guy is like breaking into the safe and like stealing everything. Yeah, Nick Ford, he had some nice uh nice help douche. there. Yeah, total a, douche. Yeah. But I just I loved Romero where you know, he just sneaks in on this guy and he's like, Where's Norman Bates? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like Don't piss me off and force me to shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Romero. Oh, I just love him so much. He is just... And he does have these uh, season finales. Just 
they belong to him. He's... They do. They do. The way, he, yeah, the way he took care of Abernathy in the last one and, mm -hmm. you know, Zane in this one. It's just, he's just fantastic. He is fantastic. And I just love how he just, like, punches that security guard. Boom! <laughs> 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 and he obviously got him to tell him where Norman was. He didn't get the big details, but he got where to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and they find Norman and it's so sweet the way, you know, Norman Norman's did you see the look on his face? <laughs> Norman? Yeah. He just he's just like looking at Romero and Dylan and I think he says something like, Are you guys really here? Yeah, oh yeah, he did. Oh, but first Romero I just my notes say Romero rawr shoots the lock off. Uh, yeah. I just love it. He just you know, he gets a rawr from me for that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and they get Norman out and man, Dylan and Norman just how the sweetest hug I thought. It was lingering. It was it, Dylan totally lingered the hug. It was so sweet. Dylan's the one that lingered it, yes. Mm -hmm. And he just seemed so relieved to see Norman alive. And it just made me think that Dylan is probably feeling pretty guilty about all this. Because he knows mm. that... I didn't think of that. Dylan knows that Bradley's the one that did this. Right. And because he didn't say anything, you know, his brother got kidnapped, his, you know, I mean, he's probably feeling a little bit guilty and quite a bit relieved that, you know, I don't know. That's how I saw it, that he was just so happy to see Norman. Yeah, and he's been, he, last season, he was really invested in Norman, and then all of this crap went down and Dylan's just been gone and right. He hasn't even really seen Norman for a while. He's been not since the Caleb stuff. He, yeah, he's been gone and really mad. And then it's kind of, I think that feeling of losing someone when you didn't have a chance to like square things away that, Mm -hmm. feeling, you know, if someone dies before you have a chance to reconcile or something. So I think that played a part, too. I think so. I think so. Because, you know, no, no matter how mad Dylan is about the whole Caleb stuff, that's not Norman's fault. Yeah, and he blamed Norman a little bit at the beginning, but he was just angry at the world. I mean, like we've said, he, he, he had some terrible news. He, yeah. <laughs> Hard to deal with. He blamed Dylan saying, or he blamed Norman saying, did you know, you know, have you known about this? And you, I bet you and Norma had a lot of laughs about, you know. Yeah, and just normal blaming someone yeah. um, unfoundedly because mommy likes you more. You know, you're not the one that's, a, you know, a bastard child of your uncle and, yeah. you know. <laughs> It's Jealousy. hard to even say because it's just <laughs> so non-existent. <laughs> yes, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, uh, Dylan in this episode, he, 
to me, this was Dylan's episode almost. <laughs> yep, there's a part of it that was Dylan's episode. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I just there's I a loved, lot of good Dylan moments. <laughs> I love the hug between the two. I love that Dylan's one that found Norman. I just I love I love that they did that. Yeah, which brings us to the hospital and Norma um, mm-hmm. coming in and she's like, how'd they find him? And Dylan's like, we found them. He casually says it, but um, he wants her to know. He wants her to know. And uh, my heart broke in a million pieces when Norman, Norma didn't hug him. And you could look the look in Dylan's eye was kind of expecting the gratitude and the thank you. And so I was like crushed. And then, Instead, and she goes and walks over to Norman's bedside, and you're like, oh, no. But then the first thing she does is turn around and tell Dylan how much she loves him. Yeah. That's the first thing she did, and that was awesome. It was, And it was very heartfelt. It was very heartfelt, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't Norma just saying something to someone that she thinks they want to hear. She, it was very heartfelt. Yes. And I think she was quite impressed because Dylan was like, yeah, I was I was with Romero and we found him, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she goes up to Norman and Norman tries to tell her his memory and she's like, put it out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you pot roast. <laughs> just put that out of your head, honey. I know. Just a dream. I know what's best for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they pull up to the motel, and Emma comes out, and Norma tells her that he just had the stomach flu. <laughs> oh, her story was so flimsy. His hands, for one thing, are, are bandaged. wrapped in bandages, and he's got this huge abrasion, abrasion like, on his temple. <laughs> And Emma's like, um, you were just, he was missing. You were just looking for him. Oh, we found him. And then he got the stomach flu. (laughs) And then she's like walking Norman up the stairs and she's like, Emma gave her two weeks notice. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And then she complains. I loved it. She tells and she tells Norman, we're about there. Just, we're just almost done with all these damn steps. I know, I love that too. <laughs> oh, that was I great. Just making a reference to how many steps. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've all thought about it. Yes. <laughs> so many stairs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It's, um, it's funny because that's just the way the house was designed for this one movie. And now we've got like a whole TV show where people have to live in this house. <laughs> it's like you can't have the psycho, the psycho house without all the steps. Yeah. <laughs> I was just uh, glad to hear Norma complain about him. <laughs> I know. It was awesome. <laughs> but yeah, and then Norma is Norman to bed. And the the pot roast obsession begins. Yes. She's like, I'm going to go to the store and buy a pot roast. You need some energy. 
have some strength. <laughs> you need strength. And yeah, that we, according, you know, we learned that pot roast gives you strength. I guess so. According to Norma, it does. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's when she runs into Christine at the grocery store. And man, is Christine pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So George went crying to her the second. Oh, just craziness. I don't know. I was so blown away <laughs> to find out that he had gone to her I... about the whole thing. I just thought, how did that? You got to. I need to see that conversation. Same. So I can punch him in the face. Well, it just... It it makes... It, it gave me, like, wondering if these two really did have some sort of other ulterior motive that's going to come up in, like, season three. Because it just does seem pretty weird that he would go running to his sister. I mean, they're both, like, adults. It's not like they're, like, in junior high or high school. Well, where he's yeah. like she yelled at me you know <laughs> I mean I think he's a big weenie I don't know if there's more to it than that really I mean yeah I'm not convinced maybe but I'm definitely not convinced I don't know. It it just gave me the feeling that they had like some ulterior motive and he went to her and said, well, you know, whatever our plans were are not going to work because she's volatile and here's what she said to me. Could I be. I don't know because it just seems weird that he would go running to her unless he just really is just a pussy. I kind of think he is, but it could that be. That is such a pussy move. <laughs> Which I find some delight in, <laughs> to be honest. You know, kind of. And then what's another move is, like, her being so pissed off at Norma about it. It's like, I mean, to me, I would be more like, all right, so you don't like my brother. Do well, we still sure. Have, do we that's, still have a chance? You know, I mean. Yeah, that's part of it. It's like, because Norma, you know, Norma was like, well, you know, I just was having a bad day. And she's just like, yeah, because, you know, Norma really did seem pretty sincere. Yeah. You know, and, you know, if you explain to them, if you really like this George guy, you could probably explain that your son had been kidnapped and you were afraid of talking about it. Right. And that's quite a nice explanation. You would think. You know, you'd the, think that would get you out if if she wanted to pursue George, which you know she ran after him when he did. left in the car, and she was really upset she, that she yeah. had flown off the handle. Right, right. Don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that just—I don't know—the whole thing's just weird to me. Because I mean, people do have their moments, and if you can't be forgiving, then what kind of person are you? You know, yeah, especially in light, you know, it's all going to come out probably, <laughs> especially in light of what was going on with her. Right, right. Because they're probably going to somehow find out that Norman had been kidnapped and maybe they can put it together and go, oh, maybe that's why she was so upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It just seems so like junior high crap to me. Totally. It didn't seem very adult. No. 
So I don't know. But, but I, so I, is her like little, you know, turning what I am convinced was just turning Norm into a project and just getting all excited about it. A new girl in town that fits into our little clique and, you know, she's going to marry my brother and blah, blah, blah. True. It's and too high You know, maybe someone who flies off the handle like that doesn't fit into your perfect little mold of a project. I don't know. And George didn't run after her when she did the um, big speech about she didn't go to college. and True. And then, you know, she just shows up and basically jumps on him. Yeah, but did, did you notice what she says when she and Norman are having the pot roast? Yeah, and uh, we're there. Dinner is next. I don't know what people want from me. I even went out with her brother. Tried to sleep with him. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're together and that's all that ever matters. She said tried to sleep with him. (laughs) Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. That's a really weird thing to add there because (laughs) (laughs) it's like, was she just skipping over it? Because Norman gets jealous? That's gotta be right. Because, I mean, she dropped her panties. I know. Once you get... I, they, You they, can't say they didn't sleep together with what we saw, and then it cuts to her in bed with him, sleeping. Yeah. You. They didn't just cuddle. <laughs> no. And... <laughs> No, I, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. So I think, I think she was just saying that. But why would she even say it to begin with? I have no idea. That is a huge mystery up in the air. If that was just a throwaway line, or I don't know. I am absolutely flummoxed. Because what she says, uh, you know. He comes downstairs for dinner, and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, oh, I ran into Christine, and she's mad at me. She's like, you know, I said some things to George I probably shouldn't have. And she says, I don't know what people want from me. I even went out with her brother and tried to sleep with him. You know, it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is crazy. (laughs) It doesn't, I don't know, weird. Yeah, I thought that was weird. So that'll either be like, it could be like some absolutely master crazy plot point that comes up and we'll be all like, whoa, or it just is never talked about again and we have no idea why she said that. It's got to be something that comes up because it was so, it was right there in front of our face, you know. If they didn't want us to think about it, why would they have put the scene in with her going back there to begin with? You know? Yeah. They led us to believe that she slept with George and then made her say this line. Yeah. There was, I don't think there would be a doubt in anybody's mind that was watching that, that they slept together. Right. I mean, yeah. 
so it had to have been for Norman. It had to have been she didn't want to. She was probably tiptoeing, and she knew yeah. that if he knows, yeah, that's got to be what it but is. But she did not have to go that far. She didn't have to say anything like that. So weird. But maybe she just, she and Norman are so close, maybe she couldn't help. I don't know. You know, maybe that's it. She just, yeah. Anyway. But then it's at this dinner that he tells her about his memory of Miss Watson. And he says it in a very strange, he says he remembers it how you remembered how gingerbread tastes at Christmas. Yeah, well... What a weird comparison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's what you use to describe, like, your warmest, most fuzzy memories you can think of. There's something I need to tell you, Mother. Come on. It's something that the sheriff told me. It's something I began to realize when I was in that box. Norman, he already talked to me about it. About Blair Watson and the, uh, the semen sample, I, it doesn't mean anything except that she was seducing young boys. What did Romero say? He, he just insisted on you taking a polygraph test. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. They ask you questions and you answer. Yeah, but questions about what? Norman, there's nothing to worry about, okay? You slept with her. You didn't kill her. Don't say that. I mean, why would you say that? When I was in the box, I had these these memories. Things I never remembered before. Norman, you were trapped in a box in the ground. You were out of your mind hallucinating. No, you were listening to me. Okay, it wasn't a hallucination. It was a memory. I could feel it. It, it happened. remember how gingerbread tasted at Christmas. I saw myself having sex with Miss Watson. And then I killed her. It makes everything make sense. I do things when I black out. No, that's, that's why you wouldn't tell me. Ridiculous, Norman. So ridiculous. You, you're convincing yourself of something impossible. You're traumatized. Mother, we have to face Norman, it. Norman, stop it! Stop it right now! Stop! Here's how I took it. So she told him, she's like, you know, all the semen sample means is that he had sex with her. Just doesn't mean that he killed her. Right. And Norman says, well, I think I did. He says, he's sure it's a memory and not a hallucination because he can feel it. And that's when he said, he says, it's like, I, I swear he says, it's like when you remember how gingerbread tastes at Christmas. Like, like the gingerbread and Christmas thing isn't something he remembers. It's something he remembers her telling him. Oh. 
Like maybe that's the only good memory she has of being a kid. Like I'm, you know, no matter how shitty my childhood was, I remember my mom always made like gingerbread at Christmas and how good it tasted. You know, it's like he's trying to describe it to her because she's trying to say, this is nothing. You're, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, you know, this is, I'm, I'm remembering this. I can feel it. You know, he's like, this, uh, yeah, I don't know. He said, this weird. Is, he said, this wasn't a hallucination. I can feel it like you felt gingerbread at Christmas. Well, why would they do that without us having that reference? I don't know. But you have I to swear, listen again. I'll I play swear it that's on the what podcast. he said. I, I swear he's saying that she's the one that remembered the gingerbread at Christmas. But Well, that would be a good discussion point on Facebook. Yes. But I thought it was pretty interesting how he was making the distinction between a memory and a hallucination. Yes. Um, and this is the thing where he... Um, Saw his mother, and I made special note that he doesn't think she was involved at all. You know, we discussed this on Facebook, right? A little bit, yeah. Does he think she was with him? And I know, you know, this comes up later, but this, I think, I think the realization, okay. At the end of the show, the realization that his mom actually killed, I don't think that was the normal conscious Norman that we, that is talking right now. Right. That's going to be Fugi Norman. And when he snaps out of whatever's going on during that polygraph test, he's not going to remember that. Next season, mm. I don't think we're going to go in with Norman thinking Norma killed her. I think his split personality disorder part of him will think that Norman killed her. But normal, everyday, going to school, eating lunch Norman doesn't think his mother killed Miss Watson. What do you think? Um, keeping the movie in mind, especially, you know, um, Norman in the movie certainly had no idea. Well, Norman in the movie thought she did. Oh. Because that's how I, that's how Well, I, he did at the end. Well, um, when he no, discovered he, the body. Right. But he didn't think of his mother as a murderer, did he? At all times? Like, before Marion was stabbed? I think he did, yeah. I think he did, because in the Psycho movie, they talk about a couple other women who are missing at the end. That's right. And that's where I wanted um, all the cars to come out of yeah. the swamp. Right. <laughs> <That'd be neat>. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got the idea that at the end of this, he's going to have a lot of resentment towards Norma, because he's going to think that Norma killed Miss Watson. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not totally convinced. And I am. Well, well, <laughs> I don't know. This this particular conversation at the dinner table just was very interesting to me because he he seems to like make a difference at like a like there is a difference between memories and hallucinations, and I was wondering is you know is that why in the last episode like when he's remembering what happened at Miss Watson's is that why Norma is in focus and Miss Watson's not is he like all of a sudden realizing okay this is a memory and that's a hallucination and you know well then where's Norma because Norma was uh was not fuzzy 
Right, that's what I'm saying. Norma, he's realizing that Norma <clears throat> was a hallucination and that Miss Watson was a memory. Okay. Like, he's starting to realize that there is two different things going on in his brain. There's memories and there's hallucinations. Yeah, but by that rationale, he remembered himself killing her. So how do we That's the weird that? thing. Like, why are there different point of views? Is that him... Is there also a bit of Norma in him? So when he's watching himself, is that him as Norma? <laughs> you know? Maybe because you know we know there is Norma in him already because he turned into Norma with Caleb. Right, and and that's one of my questions here. Is this why there are different point of views in Norma's memory? Like, is he seeing part of it as him as Norma and part of it as him as Norman? Because I mean, we got to understand. This is a 17, maybe 18-year-old kid now who is, this disorder is just starting to happen to him. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's not the Norman yet in the movie where he's gone full on putting on her clothes and, you know, this is it just starting to happen. And there could be just little, like, phases and progressions of, you know, I mean... I. Because that, that memory that he has in the box, sometimes it seems like it's his point of view. And then seems like sometimes it seems like there's a third party looking at, at the two of them. Mm, yeah, but you know what weren't I mean? those mirror shots? It doesn't seem like it was always mirror shots. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I just think there's just so much going on. There are so many... It's like confusing. <laughs> synapses like breaking and connecting in his brain. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to piece together right now. It's hard to piece together, but I think it's very interesting that he said, No, mom, this is a memory, not a hallucination. And that's what yeah. he says. It's it's a memory because I can feel it just like you felt tasting gingerbread at Christmas. Like I just thought it was very telling. So, yeah. So she's not so happy about him bringing this up at all during her pot roast dinner. Oh, man, did she yell at him? (laughs) She goes off, you know, just to stop it. And then her face just kind of melts into this la, la, la. She's like, eat your pot pot roast. roast. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy, kind of. Just, she's so in denial and oh she's so ready to just push all reality out the window and focus on pushing all that reality out the window you know just eat your pot roast and everything will be okay she's like that kid that's like in the corner with his head over with their hands over their ears going la 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 you know right right and there's also did I got the feeling that she kind of caught herself yelling, like, because she she did just, like, burst out on him, kind of like she did with George. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, she got some, she felt some repercussions of what she did with George, with Christine getting mad at her. Do you think Norma is suddenly realizing, maybe I should stop yelling, bursting out like this? (laughs) (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Next season's going to (laughs) suck. True, <laughs> but is- yeah, I mean, I, no, I, I read it as more of a, 
uh, like, nope, we're not going here, Norman. <laughs> we are going to sit and eat pot roast, and everything is going to be hunky dory if yeah. we just say it is. Yeah. Just total that's... Norma denial. Yeah. And that's when he goes upstairs and finds the gun. Right. And then it comes to him asleep and Norma is sitting in the rocking chair watching him. That's the first cycle. That is it. Yep. I got that one. I wrote it in huge capital letters. Norma's <laughs> in her rocking chair. <laughs> and just watching the, Norman sleep. Oh my gosh. Just the look on her face and just the rock back and forth. Oh, it was Ooh, creepy. It gave me the creeps. Totally gave and me I the just, creeps. Oh, I just pictured, I pictured Vera Formiga stuffed and in that rocking chair. Yep. It's it's hard sometimes to equate the Norma we're falling in love with, with the movie Norma. Just to realistically really think about these that's two she, in the Psycho movie. And yep. that is our Norma. And that's how she ends up. I know. Uh-huh. It's really, really chilling. I know. It it really is when you think about it. And when you see a scene like that, you're like, oh. <laughs> that's the that's, chair. It's got to be the chair. It's got to be the chair. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to know the other Psycho reference because I, I just caught that in the look at the end. I've got one more. It's just a little one, but it's, it'll come hey. up. Is it candy corn? um but yeah she she goes down to the office she's looking at like yeah in the rocking chair what she's thinking about is getting them away (laughs) right 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 so yeah so the next thing we see is she's in the motel office like looking at airline ticket prices to montreal and romero comes in and like hands her a piece of paper and says, "Here's here's the address. Here's when the polygraph is happening." <laughs> did you see though? He seemed very hesitant to bring it up, but once he did and they started talking, he was like, "That's the way it is, you know. I got to do this." But I don't know. He just he seemed a little watching her. He seemed reluctant to bring it up. I didn't notice that. He probably doesn't want to have to put her through this. He normal. totally doesn't. You know, um, he did not want this to happen. He was yeah. happy with. Um, that- that guy, guy killed him, and yeah. you know he didn't want he didn't want any Cagney of this. And Lacey to no, this. where's she been? She better be in season three. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he hands Norma that piece of paper, and here's when it's gonna happen and where. And she's kind of upset that it's so soon, and then she finally just gives in. She's like, okay, you know, all right, I'll just make my flight for a little earlier. I'll just... <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so the two o'clock flight will be on the six o'clock flight. <laughs> oh, but poor Norma. I mean, I guess that's if you're in that situation, maybe you do just make those dumb, I you know, choices. Yeah, there's just got to be a panicky. Yeah. Feeling. And then we see Norman in his room, sitting at his desk, making that list. Oh, it's a cute little list. It was organized, organized bedroom. Yep. Finished sparrow, apple pie, catalog, and put away taxidermy. (laughs) Did it say catalog? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I totally missed that. 
this catalog. That's so cute. It was catalog slash a little away. spreadsheet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was catalog slash Aww. put away taxidermy. And then Emma and mother. And it just, oh man. I mean, so let's go back to Norman getting the gun. What did you, did you think suicide or did you think murder? I thought, I thought suicide. suicide right away. And then I, I started exploring the possibilities. And then when I saw Emma and mother on there, I thought, no, this is totally suicide. Now on the AV club, which rightly so this episode got an A. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that we thought at first that it was um, because he knew he was going to jail and wanted to get his things in order before he went to jail. And then later we figure out that it's suicide. But I thought, I never thought that for a second. I was all about suicide. I The second he grabbed the gun, I was like, he wants to kill himself. Oh, interesting. I wonder how many people thought, like, I think it's Vanderwolf, how many people thought like him and thought it was because he thought he was going to not pass a polygraph and go to jail. <laughs> I don't mm. know. I, I don't know. You I didn't, too, me and you. Thought. I didn't even think of that. I thought suicide from the, yeah, right away. I thought suicide. So mother and Emma and mother, that was the last. Yeah. Yeah. It was an organized bedroom, finished sparrow, apple pie, catalog slash put away taxidermy, Emma, mother. So, so he's such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's so thoughtful. <laughs> he is. He's yeah. A little mama's boy. Raised right, I guess, kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> some ways. <laughs> I guess then we go to Emma and um, Carrie's room guest. <laughs> She's checking someone into room number nine. <laughs> I say that with a wink. <laughs> no, you don't want um. Occupado. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want cardigan sweater guy. No. He didn't look very fun. No. Um, and then, so do you think Norman planted the book that he calls about? Do you think he planted it early in the morning in the office so Emma would have an excuse to come up there? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Maybe. But I don't know if he would have had a chance. I think maybe it actually was down there. Hmm. I mean, he did get kidnapped, so he did get kind of yeah. take, taken away quite suddenly. He would have had a chance. He's been busy. He would have had a chance that morning. But I don't know when Emma starts work, but... Yeah. yeah, I guess it's not important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she asks, he asked her to bring him the book, and she comes up there, and oh, what a sweet little scene. Yeah, they. he sees the uh, tiger poem book, and they reminisce about <laughs> earlier that year, and when they were first meeting. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, it seems so long ago. And he goes, well, we were different people then. They were, yeah. And Now that they, poem, do you think it was symbolic that they talked about it? More than just it was kind of their first thing? Um, well, it is a poem about, 
you know, why would God make something so beautiful that's, that's so, right. that's so violent, you know? Yeah. Which kind of seems to be what Norman Bates is. I mean, yeah. he's so sweet and handsome and all around a good guy, but a monster, you know, kind of, kind of like a tiger, you know? Yeah. But I don't think God made that. I think uh, Norman's dad did. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, yeah. no, I don't right. think Norma helped, but yeah, I, th- I think there's some sort of some, yeah, I think they picked that poem on purpose for sure. Yeah. But yeah, he, he wants, he wants Emma, he feel he seems to feel bad that Emma is quitting and, you know, he wants to tell her why. He's thinking ahead. He's thinking ahead that he's going to be gone and Norma is really going to need Emma more than ever. Although. Right. Right. I would guess he's that if Norman actually went through with it and committed suicide, Emma would not leave, you know. <laughs> right. She wouldn't leave Norma like that. No. But I think Norman was just trying to make sure he wanted to make her feel more uh more a part of things. Just ease her what she wanted. He gave her what she wanted so she'd stay. Right. Right. So he tells her about Dylan and who his father is and oh man Emma's reaction oh yeah the, the only thing I could think of was Emma must feel like kind of a tool uh huh <laughs> <laughs> you know, she probably had to hear that and be like oh yeah he probably did want to keep that to himself I'm such a jerk <laughs> I'm such an idiot for making such a big deal about you guys not telling me because mm-hmm. that really is effed up <laughs> You know, and it really is none of her business. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, that is such a... Yeah, and I think she had a moment where she's like, yeah, that... (laughs) Yeah, maybe rethink her, you know, teenage girl. Why isn't anyone including me, you know, type stuff. She probably grew up a little in that moment. (laughs) I think so, because that is... Yeah, that is something to hear, you know. <laughs> Not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only, yeah. Actually, my only note is Emma must feel like a bit of a tool. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? Well, I don't know. Dylan's dad is his uncle, so what about you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't believe how hard it's raining. Right now, it's just raining really that... hard. Oh. Can you hear it? Yeah, that's uh, rain. Yes. So the next scene is Zane and 90210 on the phone. And this is the one where, like, it seems like she's turning against Dylan because she's telling him how Nick, you know, Dylan killed Nick and asked him to come over. Right. And then it made her character I mean, a little interesting. You're like, this is where it's going. I see. Yep. Yep. But then it was like, oh, yeah, they got me. That was my note for the scene. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then we see Norman cleaning up the fruit cellar. He's organizing and cataloging his. Right. And did you all. did you see the little smile and 
pat on the head he gave Juno. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's who he was covering up, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of looks at her and pats her on the head, kind of, and gives her a little smile. I thought it was sweet. And he and Norma start doing the dishes after the pie. And we see the, the first thing we see in this scene is the apple pie. Yep. And then she's like, I'm going to go upstairs and wash my hair. And he's like, no, he's let's spend some time plans. together. <laughs> and he plays Dream Lover. I know, he plays Bobby Darren. <laughs> I'm like, Dream Lover, are you kidding me? That That's seemed, hilarious. That just seemed for the fans <laughs> to giggle at totally. <laughs> but Yeah, they dance. And he tells her that she's the best mother in the world. He loves her more than his own life. And this is my second psychonod. The very end of the scene, like the camera pans out from them and then shows the stuffed owl. Oh. I'm telling you, it's the same stuffed owl that's in the office in the psycho movie. Huh. I tried and tried to find, I found pictures of the psycho movie stuffed owl but i couldn't find a picture of the stuffed owl in this episode but i'm telling you it's the same one you know what go to the av club i think he put it in the middle of his oh really he did but and i can always make screenshots with my ipad i can probably do screenshots too i just don't know how i don't know how on the laptop but i can do them on the ipad but, but yeah, they they kind of purposely brought that owl into the shot and kind of, for a second or two, focused on it, kind of. And I'm telling you, it's the same owl that's in. That's awesome. Yeah, that's- Vanderwolf said something about it being like, something about its talons. <laughs> like it was uh, foreshadowing or something. I can check. Oh, I was looking more at like the wing spread of the owl because I remember in the movie, usually when you see an owl, its wings it are like up against its body. Uh-huh. But in the Psycho movie, like the owl, its wings are like fully out, and so is this one. Huh. And I was like, that's the owl from the motel. I kind of thought so when he was putting up the. The birds, and was it the last episode he was doing that? When he was, like, yeah. so mad at her? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they kind of flashed at the owl for a second, and I was like, ooh, is that the owl? And then in this episode, they really focused on the owl, and I was like, that's the same owl. This, it says, uh, they are all each other has. They are always going to to have to be enough for each other because inviting anybody into this life, even someone willing to deal with its peculiarities like Emma or someone who is blood related to them like Dylan is going to be shut out more and more because inviting anybody else in dooms them as surely as Norma must know. She is just, she is just by taking this boy in further and further loving him as a mother can and must, but as Norman Bates probably should not be loved and the camera pulls back and we see She's in his talons. She always will be. And it shows a picture of the owl's talons out and they're dancing. Oh, okay. So they took it that way. Okay. Which that could be it too. 
I took it as I think that's the same owl that ends up in the yeah. hotel <laughs> in the office. That's cool. That's yeah, because you're right. Owls are almost always they almost always have their wings like up against them, and it's just the yeah. owl, you know. But right, these have the. But fold. you're right. That owl. I now that I think of it further, that is a very iconic owl in the movie. You notice it. It is. It is. It's because it's huge. Yeah. And it's right behind him, like in, yeah. like when, when the detect, either when Marion walks in or the detective walks in, like the owl's like right behind him. I don't know. I think it's the same one. You'll have to go back and look at this scene and see what you think. But yeah, that was the other nod. I yeah, no, that's that owl is definitely a nod to Psycho. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> potential cast which i've mentioned and that's like your great we rewatch because there's three people that have never seen it and then one person that has and so mm-hmm. but honestly none of the three seem to be enjoying it all that much <laughs> the guy illyrio seems to be enjoying it the most and they all i don't know it's it's fun to listen to but mm-hmm. everyone just is kind of going 
why do these people hate the show so much? <laughs> they there's just there's not someone on the show that just loves it like most of the people listening to it. So well, it's a little strange. I think that could be a problem with these kind of podcasts where yeah, they're called intro casts and I actually I think we've been discussing it and I said I think someone needs to write like their master thesis on what intro casts are doing to shows for people <laughs> being on one because there's literally you know, I do McKinley cast one on freaks and geeks and I think out of any of the intro cast I've ever listened to my newbies like it better than any other show I've seen. Most don't, I don't know. It 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 adds a weird element to where you feel like you have to critique it and there's all these expectations. Exactly. I think there's too many expectations and I think I think they watch it too too much cuz I did start listening to the investigating Mars. Mhm. Like that's kind of what I listen to most of the weekend. I just loaded up my iPod because I really liked Veronica Mars and I thought it's new enough in my brain. It would be fun to hear other people who are new to it talk about it. And they're just almost taking it way too seriously. Yeah. And And the problem is, is most of the people listening to it are super fans and they just, it's a great idea on paper. Yeah. That it's people introducing um, episode by episode someone to a show that they've never seen and this is a show you love. And to introduce it and then, you know, get their take, get their predictions. It's a great idea on paper, but it's interesting what it's doing to people's enjoyment of the show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because the the Veronica Mars newbies, I mean, they seem to kind of like it, but... They're also complaining about things that are just dumb to complain about. Yeah, I, that is a big you know I I think they're just taking they're just reading too much into everything. So I almost think a better intro cast would be two newbies and no one who has watched it, like two people who are like, I hear this is a good show. Let's watch it together for the first time. You know. Yeah, that's there's probably something to that. Because <laughs> yeah, I think there's just too much. I mean, it's still fun to listen to, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I can recommend Potential Cast for sure. It's it's a lot of fun, but um, like I said, don't expect them to just rave about it like we do. <laughs> yeah, They have their own takes on it, and they're very unimpressed with, you know, like fan things that the fans love so much. They're like, meh, you know, and it's interesting to listen to. Um, anyway, I can recommend it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, let's see. Rogue Demon Hunters is kind of fun. The Hellmouth, you probably know about the Hellmouth podcast. I'm not, I'm, I am not the best one. I, I'm pretty new to Buffy and I've honestly not really entered the fandom. I've kind of, I've done potential cast and then talked to like, my I the most the most I've really talked about the show to is my other hosts on McKinley Cast. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say these the Veronica Mars, the Investigating Mars. They're all Buffy fans. 
Yeah, see, potential cast is kind of the grandmother of these intro casts. So yeah. We all are kind of stemmed from it. <laughs> so most intro cast people are Buffy fans. Yeah, and the Investigating Mars, that's the first intro cast like that. Well, besides McKinley cast. But it's been so long since there's been a new one, I kind of forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> but It's not good. <laughs> but so far, so far, the newbies seem to like Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, they do. So they're not as... I mean, because I, I really did. I listened to almost their entire... Veronica Mars one, I listened to almost their entire first season. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, I don't know, they're starting to hate on things that, I don't know, don't need to be hated on, and I, I don't know. It, That's how I feel about I think it's almost funner cast. when when it's a new show, kind of like our show, or like how Jay and Jack were with Lost, and where it's just two people who are watching it together for the first time. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about these intro casts that's doing something to the newbies. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I don't quite have my finger on it. That's why I wanted someone to do a master thesis on it. <laughs> I think it's just too much pressure. I think they're like, okay, I've got to like this. I've got to critique everything. You know, I can't, I don't think they sit back and enjoy the show. Yeah, and there's also an element, perhaps, someone brought up that when you find a newbie for a show, you try and find someone that knows the least about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, just barely even have heard of the show. And it's kind of like, maybe the person that has barely even heard of this show is probably not, is probably because of a reason. (laughs) You know? There's probably a reason they haven't watched it, and... Right. They're not in that world. So right, exactly. So maybe they're, they're not almost, the right audience. Maybe they're not wired to like the show because. Yeah. That being said, it's one of my favorite podcasts. <laughs> if you're not listening, watching it. Uh, I think they've had, from what I've listened to, I think they've had. Is there someone named Robin on that show? Robin is he. Okay, he's good friends with all of them, and, like, Robin's going to be hosting, he's going to guest on McKinley Cast. He's very well known in the intro cast, and he's 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 guested on Potential Cast more than anyone else, and he does Angel with the same crew. So they oh, okay. do them plus Robin for the Angel Cast, which they've dropped until they're done with the Buffy. They've decided that they're not going to do them in tandem anymore. Oh, okay, because he guested on one of the Investigating Mars, and then a woman with a really thick, like, southern accent. That's Stephanie. Stephanie, Stephanie. Stephanie is the woman that made up intro cast, and she's on potential cast. Okay, she she guested on intro, on Investigating Mars as well. Okay, yeah, those are are potential cast people, and Stephanie is the one that has seen. She's the only one on potential tasks that's seen. So she's the one taking them through Okay. I liked her. I also heard Rich guest on one of them. Oh, yeah, probably. He's a big Veronica Mars guy. Yeah. So, anyway, we can probably edit. (laughs) Maybe that'll be one of our conversations at the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I think that, yeah, that's all she has to say. So um, basically, I've listened to Hellmouth, Rogue Demon Hunters, and Potential Cast. Oh, Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land. Those are my four I've ever listened to. So if you haven't listened to any of those, you can give some of those a try. And you tell me the ones you're listening to, maybe. Because I haven't really searched for them, to be honest. <laughs> but I wouldn't mind another Buffy podcast. Oh, no, The Verse. The Verse is probably one of my very favorites. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah, try The Verse. It's um about three Australian guys. And they're going through Buffy. And I really like that one a lot. And one of the guys knows quite a bit about Buffy, but has never seen it. So you do get one person's new take. Oh, okay. And it's called The Verse because they're planning on doing all Joss Whedon shows, but they started with Buffy, which is like the longest. So they'll be doing Buffy a while. They're in, shoot, two or three. I don't remember. And it's three Australian guys? Yeah. That's got to be fun to listen to. Yeah, they're funny. They do the best intro to the show. Like one of them, (laughs) the producer does like a five minute just explanation of what happened in the episode. And it is fantastic every time. Oh, really? The way he writes and talks is really great. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to listen to that. Cause I plan on, I plan on picking up Buffy again pretty soon. Yeah. I'm excited. Cause I want you to meet Spike. <laughs> <laughs> You meet Spike early on in season two, like second, third of the latest episode. Oh, right on. Yeah, I, I haven't, I still haven't watched anything beyond season one, so. Yeah, I figured you hadn't. Nope. So I'm anxious for you to meet Spike. Cool. And I wouldn't mind a podcast to listen to as a companion. I like him. Yeah. You, so. And you can try a potential cast. You'll definitely not get spoilers. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I might I might do the potential cast. We'll see. Yeah, if you like Stephanie, you know. And I really like Lirio. I like them all. I don't know who that is yet, but I I know who Stephanie is. She did guest on one that I listened to, and I liked her. Yeah, I like her. She's oh. funny. Okay. Okay. 